we're talking about digital trust, but the word trust is, is the key part of that. And trust is a relationship. And in a relationship, you come clean you know, and you, you try to be honest with one another. And I think that uh, that's true with customer relationships as well. Hi, I'm Melissa Bishoping, and today on Let's Converge, we're talking digital trust. Welcome to the second of our two-part series that takes a look at some of the surprising findings in a new global survey on trust. Consider these numbers. Of the more than 2,700 business and IT professionals polled around the globe, more than half, 54%, said they were very or completely confident in the digital trustworthiness of their organization. Yet only a quarter actually measure digital trust among their customers, and 36% don't measure it at all. 41% weren't sure. Joining me today are David Samuelson, the CEO of ISACA, the international professional association focused on IT governance, and Chris Dimitriadis, its chief global strategy officer. We've been discussing ISACA's State of Digital Trust 2022 survey. In our last episode, we talked about how digital trust is not just trust in a brand, but also in the online transactions we have with that brand. We covered key takeaways from ISACA's report, including consistency. You need to build trust every day with every transaction. But what really struck me is how digital trust is dependent on more domains than you might think. We usually link trust to cybersecurity. An enterprise protects its digital assets and its customer data, and customers feel protected. But other parameters play into trust, things like quality, privacy, and ethics. Now, David, I want to go back to what you said the last time we spoke about ethics and what that can mean for your business. In the report, uh, it cites that a little more than half of Americans trust tech companies to do the right thing, which is down about 19% of which is 2019. Astounding. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's a right huge there. change. Yeah. <laughs> that's significant in any survey to see a 20% change. So what do you think the cause of, of that decline in trust? Is this something about the threat landscape? Is this something that was related to the changes in work from home and COVID? Or what What, what do you think uh, is the cause of that decline in trust? Well, I think it's yes and many more things. Like the, the pace of technological change is, has been, and will continue to be very fast. Um, you know, around the corner is AI coming in to take over activities that that we have to think very carefully about the the ethics and the and the controls and the management of. And then quantum around the corner, and you know, the use of new technologies like blockchain. All of these things are coming at us at high speed, and it's coming at everybody. So even a bodega in New York has. Uh, is on the internet, you know, is on in the cloud and connected in some way to the vulnerabilities and the positive potential that technology can bring. So I think the decline in trust is seen because there's a lot more happening. And you start to think about it more when everything, you know, I'm wearing an, I have a, a watch connected to the cloud, my phone's connected, that, you know, there's so much that I don't think about, um, but I've started to think about it, and I think it's in our consciousness more. So I think that the the more you understand the vulnerabilities, and then of course you read the newspaper and you see that these big breaches happen, and that privacy people's PII has been compromised, and and things like that happen. And so there's a, a broader public awareness, and at the same time a broader technology landscape, and those things are accelerating. All of this. Chris, do you have more to add to that? 
a complexity as well. I think we see bigger and more complex uh, digital ecosystems being uh, built, and with uh, complexity and size, I think that uh, the threats uh, also emerge and become even more even more critical because this value uh, that uh, digital technologies create and the value out of data and information is not only you know um, valuable or important. Uh, to the stakeholders of the digital ecosystem, but uh, to the adversaries uh, as well. And also technology has superpowered the um, the speed at which communication travels through social media. So one small thing can get around the world pretty quickly and it's hard to respond. And I think that's a factor that plays pretty strongly into this this trust barometer, you know, how trustworthy are we in the world now with with the way we do business? I remember when I started banking, you know, did I trust that this information that I was putting into a web browser was, you know, really that little lock in the URL thing? Was that really a strong lock or, you know, can I trust it? And you go through that and pretty rapidly the the whole banking industry changed because people were willing to give into it. And then you'd start to see some of these breaches and people maybe back off. So I think it's all of the things that we were talking about. So that actually leads into my next question pretty perfectly. As we see, you know, threat actors, we see a lot of ransomware as a service gangs. We see all of these things that are, you know, you you can't control as a business. You can't control what the threat actors are doing. All you can do is is defend against and then attempt to detect and respond if and when you're breached. So if an organization is breached, does that immediately, you know, negate the work that they're doing in digital trust or how can they weather the the breach and response period and continue to build that trust with their customers? Well, transparency is is a key word there because if you know, everyone knows that it's out there, but if you acknowledge and respond in an honest and ethical way and that you're working on it and you do the right thing, that at least protects your reputation, even if you can't always protect what's happened. But I I think that the repercussions for business, if they don't have digital trust, you know, will really cause a lot of these things to happen. They're they're less reliant on data for decision-making, they're losing customers, there's more incidents. And I think transparency and honesty is, is, is the way that I think you build trust when you are kind of straightforward about what's going on and you and you share that you have a trusted framework in place and that you've done the work that even though you had a breach, you did the work. So th- there's lots to study about that. And I don't know that any one of us has the right answer, but I think that's, that's part of it. Chris, what do you think? I think you're spot on about transparency because at the end of the day, a breach or an incident should be expected. When we discuss digital trust, that doesn't mean that prevention will be 100% um, effective uh, or performing uh, according to, to the expectations of, uh, of the stakeholders. And this is because, uh, again, of um, the complexity, but also the sophistication uh, of the attacks. Uh, and um, I think that somebody should assume a breach and then try to work uh, the way um, uh, around in order to establish digital trust through transparency, as David said, but also through the appropriate detection, response and recovery processes and mechanisms in order to prove in practice that the digital trust is a commitment for the organization. Chris, I think you you took the words right out of my mouth. I think we have a very similar philosophy on this. You know, I, I tell people often, 
I don't necessarily lose trust in a company because they were breached or because there was an attack. Um, I think that especially as connected as we are, and as, as David was saying, every business is digital in some way, shape or form. I lose trust in a company when they try to cover it up or when they're not forthcoming with you know what they're doing to remediate the situation or when they don't respond to their customers and and have that empathy for the fact that this does affect their customer base. This can affect people's livelihoods. And I think that's important. Yeah, it's very important. And I think that's, you know, we're talking about digital trust, but the word trust is, is the key part of that. And trust is a relationship. And in a relationship, you tell, you know, you, you come clean and you, you try to, you, you try to be honest with one another. And I think that, uh, that's true with customer relationships as well. So let's go back briefly then to the survey. Was there anything in the survey that you found really surprising or unexpected? Uh, we already talked about the the huge change in how people perceive trust in, in America, but was there anything else? One point of uh, surprise maybe is that what we realized from the survey is that there is a lot of maturity in understanding the, the target or the end goal of digital trust. Uh, and this is a very, very important first step for the digital trust community worldwide. Uh, what people don't uh, are very eager to learn is how to implement uh, digital trust because digital trust is not in place uh, yet. So that's a, that's a very positive result that people recognize the importance uh, of digital trust and uh, they're e eager to um, you know pass the message and to communicate the message all around the world in order to get things uh, moving forward. It sounds like then it's it's not a lack of awareness. It's not even a reluctance. It really is just a lack of frameworks and really that tooling and understanding as, as the concept of digital trust becomes more widespread. Yeah, that I was going to just add that it's not so much a surprise, but the reinforcement in the survey that we need to collaborate, we need to do this together, and that it's a business issue. It's not the domain of the cybersecurity expert in your firm, even if you have one. Uh, many don't. It, it is working together to understand the importance of that we're in a new era of, of commerce, you know, a new era of business, and that it is a digital one. And it's going to just going to continue to be complex and new for many people. So we have to be always learning, always improving. And ha and I think things like frameworks and assessments and things like that will all help organizations figure out what can I do today? It seems overwhelming or I don't, I'm not sure where to start. And I think questions like that are where a lot of organizations are when they pick up the newspaper and say, I wonder if this is going to happen to us tomorrow. And the professionals that we serve are telling us, you know, the kinds of help that ISAC indeed give is to create some level of, of best practice across these domains to actually integrate the solution into a digital trust solution. So that's, that's where our focus has been. And I, I do want to touch back once again on what you said about building those relationships in the business. This is something that pretty much anytime I get an opportunity to do a presentation or anything, I talk about breaking down silos because you as the as the security practitioner or as someone in compliance or audit, uh, you have visibility into so many different aspects of the business. Are you actually going and having conversations with the people who own those business processes to understand how they're using technology? What actually does their work look like? And I think that also would, would, would that play into building trust uh, the way you envision it? 
Absolutely. And it's in the survey. I mean, I think you can see that people are concerned about this, but they don't see sufficient leadership or collaboration. And I think those are some of the important things that came out of this survey. And if you want to make progress, it's going to require you know, reaching across to your colleagues and making something happen. And any organization, and I've been in several, but I've been in Naisaka for the last three and a half years, and every organization has vulnerability around the organization based on how people understand the concept of trust. And so that's why I mentioned, you know, HR or marketing or even the developers. You know, if you want to have trust, you should build it in at the beginning. You should have privacy by design. You should have security by design. And those are those concepts are slowly coming into, into being, like DevSecOps is, is becoming more and more the right way to do things because it builds that in up front. And I think as the organization understands what a digital, how a digital organization operates, they start to apply these, these techniques and collaborate. Awesome. Well, as we get towards the the end of our time together, I, I want to just give you the opportunity. Is there anything that you know I haven't asked so far that you think our listeners should know about digital trust or what they should start thinking about to really uh, get ahead of this in their organization? Chris, I'm going to let you start. One point I would like to make is that we have really created very sophisticated uh, cybersecurity approaches and um, uh, and technologies and systems and so on. Yet. Most of the incidents uh, are caused by very simple and basic omissions uh, in cybersecurity. And th this um, uh, notion of uh, collaboration, uh, as you very well described it, Melissa, and as uh, David explained it as well, uh, is key in order to try something different around cybersecurity. We can't really use the same uh, means uh, in order to, to save a problem that at the end of the day we weren't able to solve in the past. So that's why digital trust, uh, we believe that it's so innovative in terms of offering an alternative approach uh, to, to an existing problem, to think a little bit differently. And um, this is, again, a very important from a business perspective as well. And it's also recognized uh, by several different regulations uh, that are being uh, developed all, all around the world where we see the need for uh, alternative, for different approaches in, in cybersecurity. Because no matter how much we uh, extend our expertise vertically and our capability vertically in cybersecurity, if we don't go, go horizontally, we're not going to solve the problem. I was going to just uh, amplify a point you made about regulations. I said every company is a digital company. Well, every country is thinking about this right now. And if you can elevate the conversation to a digital trust conversation and not simply a control conversation, then I think there's then the regulations are going to help us with that collaboration. And that's easier said than done, but we spend a lot of time, you know, Chris and I in particular, we spend time with government agencies and working with um, regulatory bodies to try to understand what's necessary to actually raise the conversation uh, to this digital trust level. And I think, I think it can be very impactful if we're successful. I couldn't agree more. I think that you both hit on some some points that are very, you know, they're, they're things that I'm passionate about, but until recently didn't use the word digital trust to encompass that mindset of building relationships, of creating that culture of security from the ground up. And that, that starts from the development, you know, the onboarding of new employees, like the culture of security and trust 
has to be something that that runs through every piece of your environment and is seen as as important. You know, I, I come from a background in manufacturing and oil and gas where safety is king. It, you know, safety violations are are absolutely like you cannot put you know someone's safety and, and life at risk. And when you start talking about trust and security as something as, as essential as safety to the longevity of your business, I think people really get it. And and just like safety for us was something that existed in every action we took, uh, I think trust has to exist in every action you take. Yeah, I think it really works. And, and um, you know, it brings the conversation to the right level and starts to address some of these softer undescribed things that are so important to people like you who have had to actually do that work and struggled with it. And um, so hopefully we're, we can be helpful. We have a, a lot of resources on our website uh, around digital trust that people can read about. And as we launch the framework later this year and we start looking at how to measure maturity, we want to be a resource to those of you out there who are digital trust professionals trying to make this uh, this world a safer place to do digital trust business in. Perfect. I'll, I'll go ahead and get the uh, address and everything that we can post with the show notes. Uh, that was going to be my next question, actually, is where can they go for more resources and information? And you answered that right away. So thank you. Great. Uh, Chris okay. and David, uh, I, I we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but I appreciate both of your time today. And I, I really appreciate the conversation on digital trust. So did we. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. A real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I've been talking with David Samuelson, the CEO of ISACA, and Chris Dimitriotis, its Chief Global Strategy Officer. If you'd like to read more about their 2022 global survey on digital trust, check out the link in the show notes, or you can learn more on the subject on Tanium's new online cyber news magazine at Tanium.com. To hear more conversations with top security leaders, make sure to subscribe to Let's Converge on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sharing more cyber insights on the next episode of Let's Converge.